What are good white movie uh, wipeouts from movies? Go. The one that comes to all mind all the good. time. This down. When you talk about a wipeout is yeah. always in Home Alone when they step on the micro machines and they slip and they go flying. In At the, the same room. time? Because that like is every direction. night when I leave my kid's bedroom in the dark. <laughs> It's the there. yeah, and they flip the different ways, and 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 they're just like slipping on them, and they can't get up. That's like the the meme that I always see on Instagram of like a mom who who's like, "You try to burgle my house. Do you have any idea how many Legos are on the floor? Yeah. Just try." to a virtual reality version of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Get your Oculus Quest 2 goggles on and you will be able to be sitting in Becky's living room with her while we record this. No, I'm totally Should I, should I do you think I'm in my living room? No, I don't... <laughs> so where I don't you, that's what this looks like? It's really hard to tell, Beck. We are... We're not actually doing that, but... I'm going to ask how my sisters are doing. And after that, I'm going to tell my Oculus story. For those of you who follow me on social media, have seen just a glimpse of the story. But there's a lot to go along with that. Before we get to the Oculus story. But after I remind people to rate and review us on iTunes. And if hey, you rate and review us on iTunes. I rated and, and reviewed and I didn't get a sticker yet. I rated and reviewed three years and ago. Send it to me? No. Those are the instructions. Get with it. In I thought it was honor system. Honor system. No, it's not the honor system. <laughs> the honor, definitely not with you. You will get a sticker. Already send some stickers off to Gato, one of our amazing, awesome, all-time greatest listeners. Here we go. So for the fam. Exactly. For the but, FM fam. Lily, how are you doing? Well, I was like. I feel like my whole entire being is two steps forward, one step back. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you are a calamity. I, you are a calamity. Jeez. Like, like I ever since you broke your finally, wrist in 1986 or whatever oh that happened, God. you've been a How calamity. many broken bones have you had? I Like was... enough broken bones that that the hospital almost called Child Protective Services on mom when we were kids. Like, like that's not a joke because that's like I'm... a serious, scary thing that happens to people. But like also that's how many accidents you got into as a kid. Right. Like and it, so like I'm finally mommy, feeling feeling like myself, feeling a little bit better. And we t- go for like a little walk slash hike in the mountain area. And the terrain is not even, but you know, I'm wearing sneakers and um should be doing all right. And I wiped out so mega like that. The only thing that will make me feel better is if we come up with all the best white bouts movies so I feel better about myself. I screamed so loud <laughs> that was I nearly it, erupted the volcano that I was it <laughs> Was it the type of wipeout like when we were living in Montreal and you would go sit on, on like, what was it, the pedestrian-only street? Is that Prince Arthur? Yeah. And, Arthur, and you'd yeah. sit in the window and you just watch people slide like on, that the on the ice. ice. That, <laughs> that was like an activity when you were young, when you were like, go get like a beer with friends and just sit and watch mm. people fall. 
that's it was one of those things that's... where I tripped on a, a rock like as I was turning around the arms flailing out <laughs> it, like I saw myself in slow motion and just yelping and then I landed like on a bed of rocks it was rough it was rough so um other than that I'm doing great <laughs> but... all right Beck how are you uh, cake wars update at my house last week i believe i was talking about sunny's happy birthday sunny's nailed it birthday cake birthday. And then, birthday and then no but then this week i really did make a great british did baking you spell birthday style. correct no because i didn't write anything on it <laughs> i made an eight you also didn't send a picture Wait, of did you cake? draw a picture so i don't want to see becky's picture that she drew on a cake i'd much rather have her see a miss i'd much rather have her misspelled something i drew i drew vlad a birthday card that that the girl scribbled you know in and he gets the card he's them like, draw the card and he picks up the card he's like oh did mary draw me this picture and i'm like <laughs> no you're you like yes yeah, it was me um but i made a stunning eight Layer. You can send a signal picture Russian, of this cake. I have a hard time traditional believing. Russian honey and sour cream cake. Oh, okay. It's That's really disgusting. good. Imagine like a cream all the cheese hair frosting. went up on my neck. Whenever literally, Lily, you would love it. It's graham crackers and cream cheese frosting. Those are like your two favorite things. Mm, yeah, covered in a chocolate just, ganache. It's just no. more like it's more like cream cheese. What? It's like like you guys have never even tried it. That's I have hundred percent tried it. I have hundred percent tried it. It's like having when did you try it? That's cold and wet and has cream cheese in between. It's First of all, it's an absolutely gorgeous decadent cake. It's Vlad's favorite. And I it took me like I, so many hours. If you want to know why I didn't watch shows this week, it's because I was just making that cake. Um, Seems and, not worth it. No offense. Yeah. So that's it. That's my, that's my update. And I'm going to share a picture, a picture with you. You big dum-dums. All right. That's it. <laughs> so here's How my Oculus shy? So my birthday was amazing. At least, wait, at least when I made a fool of myself, nobody was a witness. So in your you, case, you had many you, witnesses. You all got, just made my birthday so special. It was wonderful. It was Aww. funny. It was, it was heartfelt. And the gift you got me, the Oculus is, has proven to have hours and hours of fun it's a you know the VR video game thing. It's even a good workout, and I've been testing out all the various different games. And I will say there there are there's a different range of games. The boxing game, the Creed boxing game, is absolutely awesome. I've already finished it twice, so I'm oh, on my fine. third playthrough of it. That that would be my one critique overall of the game system is these games are not long, but I think they they couldn't be because they're not very expensive and i think they need to pe have people have short games that they can buy and run through rather than these like longer epic games but i right. I, I fought my way through creed twice but I, I was looking for something that was more sword fighty and the darth vader game you have to play it for like 25 minutes before you touch lightsaber oh god you're like making a jedi soup or something yeah, i mean it's there's a lot of climbing the on pipes. Jedi soup. like th th that game is cool it's very visually very cool but there's a lot of like climb this thing and it's like super so realistic. do you have to like climb on your couch or on furniture like how do you just like rip your knees up lungs, but it's very detailed how you get your hand on the rungs so i just spend a lot of the time going like 
this like trying to grab things. That's a good workout for your arms. Myself up and then it anyways, it's it's like mime school. And so I got this ninja assassin game. I have no idea what it's called, but you get swords and bows and arrows and it's amazing. And in great family tradition, which I fully support, Allie filmed me fighting off ninjas with a bow staff. And a Last bow week staff. I said this was my favorite new show and I stand by it. And sent you I didn't know all, it would be streaming though. And sent you all videos. And that's a good laugh because we love a good embarrassing video of me sent to the family. Well, the next day I'm I'm at, I'm, I'm in a meeting uh, on a Zoom and my nine-year-old comes barreling into the room. Daddy, I need to speak to you. Now, if you have or like me and have been roommates with a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old for the past nine months during the workday, your threshold for what you will let them interrupt you for <laughs> has become very high. So I said, is this an emergency? Now, emergencies have ranged from help me get on the Wi-Fi to let me show you this drawing I made on my iPad to buy me this Pokemon card. And I said, do not interrupt me right now. This is not an emergency. And she said, no, it's, it's really an emergency. And I said, is this something you would want me to interrupt you during school for? <laughs> And, and she was like, yeah, because I will it's say a dumb when we, question because you would want to be interrupted no, all the time. We, no, because this is what happens when you have kids my kids' age, when you walk by and you say you try to ask them what they lunch, they're like, excuse me, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she sits and she thinks for a second and then she turns to me and she says, yes, dad, really? I said, OK, I mute my meeting. And she says, dad. My friend, insert name that I've never heard of before. Her parents said that there's a video of you playing Oculus that's circulating all around their work, a place I used to work. And oh, oh my God. And this and I said is, I didn't realize the depths of the story. I said, What are you talking about? She says I this did not realize the that that's how far away. And, and I said, who? And she names their family name. And I'm like, I've never heard of these people. What is this nonsense they're telling you? Why are kids doing pranks in your class? Get out of my office. So I send her away. And I'm in the middle of working. So I get back to work. I'm working, working, working. And it's lunch. I come up to make the kids lunch. But I'm like, so, running so now it's like three hours have passed, right? Yeah, yeah three <laughs> hours have passed. I'm super busy. And I come up You're and I say, and I said, Allie, I said, your daughter is telling nonsense. She said somehow she saw an internet. And then we like sit her down, like, like, you know, like those serious parent talks were like, tell us what you are talking about. Like, tell us the truth beginning to end. She said, my friend, insert friend's name, and her parents say, there's a video of you playing Oculus all over the internet. And I said, well, now I thought for a second, the Oculus videos, in order for you to share them, you have to first upload them to Facebook, but mine are all in privacy. So I, I privately upload them and then I download them to share with you guys the the videos of the of what I'm seeing not videos of me so I said oh well maybe I took the privacy off and there's like a video of me fighting the, you know, fighting the Darth Vader of the video game you know the video game screen she's like no because my friend said I'm in the video and that's how they knew it was me and I said what is this nonsense Allie and they're like he should wear sneakers Allie, tell your daughter, how could that possibly have happened? The only people that have these videos are my family, unless my family posted this on social media. So I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, touche. Maybe Lily or Becky like put this out. And then Allie just has this like green look on her face. And she goes, uh, hold on one second. And she checks her phone and her WhatsApp history. And it turns out she accidentally sent the video 
to the entire official WhatsApp of the PTA for my kids, 700 child public school. <laughs> Every single parent. No. This has a thousand people on it. A thousand of my neighbors. And not only that, not just our neighbors, our our, our public school spreads How? up all over Arlington. But like, did it have a caption? Was there a message? Nope, it was just the video. Like there was no context. So she just sends this video to 1000 parents. Yeah. I mean, they see that it's from Allie because a lot of them have her in their context. And my name is said on it because she's joking while I'm doing it. And my oldest daughter runs across. So I would say there's probably a couple of hundred people who immediately know who it is. Oh my God. And so she's at least it from the WhatsApp and we have a good laugh. And I'm like, I can't believe you did that. Cause everyone knows that I'm actually quite, you know, careful about these things. And then the, like next, a... then the next day, I I I am I get a phone call. By the way, public service announcement: there is a WhatsApp hack going around, and everyone should enable two-factor authentication. Now, I had already done that, so so I wasn't worried about it. But I get it doesn't this. stop your wife from oh, right, right, <laughs> sending exactly. well, videos. Well, I, got of a, you. I got a sketchy text from one of the parents from the school. And it was obvious that it was from the hack. So I called her. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. I called her. I said, hey, I think your phone's been hacked. And she says, oh, yeah. She says, and then she's like, I'm so sorry. Your phone got too. Your phone was hacked too. She's like, oh, I saw your video. And you're like, oh, man, this hack is the worst. So being the... I would say excellent communications crisis communications person that I am. I decided to own the video and I took it and I matched it with the actual gameplay screen and put them together Sent side by out? side and put it out on social media. So that's why there's that video of me. Was there ever ahead a of the story? Up? You got to stay ahead of the story. I mean, that's the most post I've ever put. I mean, what's she supposed to do? Just send, agree not I mean, to send out my pictures in the future. No, I mean, that last. No, I mean like send out like a message to the like all. No, those you just keep parents. it from the WhatsApp chain. You can delete. Oh, okay. WhatsApp. You can chain. delete it, but it's been. It can't be. I unseen. mean, it's out there. It's not. It, it, can't, it can't be unseen. Be. That's why I put it out on social because definitely people forwarded it to other chains, like people that know you or know of you. Just again, forwarded that around the kids who told my daughter said their parents saw it circulating at work. They didn't see it on the WhatsApp chain. That's great. Um, oh, that's all so, that. That's all the the podcasting I need to for today. That's so a good enough story. Let's catch up on the Mandalorian. We are now up to episode six. I, there's going to be spoilers here, but I don't want to do a recap. Let me just do a couple of key points. Ahsoka Tano has been now reintroduced into the story in what was, I think, one of my favorite things I've ever seen on uh, a Disney Disney since Star Wars created Rosario Dawson perfection. Uh, the reveal of Baby Yoda's name as Grogu and uh, his backstory as a survivor of the massacre at the Jedi Temple, which I think is great on a lot of levels, and I'll go into that. And then the follow-up episode, which sees Mando facing off with and then teaming up with the um, long-rumored returning Boba Fett, as well as the other character, Fennec, I think, Fenwick or something like that, and them Fennec. agreeing, Fennec. Uh, them now agreeing to go... Uh, team up together to go save the child, Grogu, from the Dark Troopers and Moff Gideon. The Iron Man? Was, 
the the dark yeah the dark sure and so what i really want to do is i can't i have my reactions and my overall thinking but i think it would be more fun for you to ask your questions and then i'll thread my answers in because i really this is now in a level of depth of star wars details that i like normal people don't aren't really following at this point like they okay i have my first question my first question is Grogu, the child, Baby Yoda, is is a child, but is also presumed to be around fifty years old. I but remember for a being that lives like a thousand years, it's like a right, baby. right. So he's a child. So he was training at the Jedi Temple for many, many years. You know, under Jedi masters. Does he have a language that no one understands or is he still so little that he can't speak, but yet he was being trained as a Jedi? I'm just trying That's to a understand. Great question. It's like Yoda does speak. And he's like, is he like the equivalent speak. of like a six month old or is that he like, right, or like a one year old or like a six year old, but no one understands his language? No, I right. think it's, I think it's, he is still a baby that can understand, but can't form the words yet. And that's so like, why yeah, Rosario so like my one year old. That's why Ahsoka Tano is able to communicate with him via the Force because she can feel and he right. can understand certain things that uh, that the Mando says to him, but he's not, but he's not verbal yet. Which, when you think about how uh, how how uh, succinct Yoda is, I mean, and convoluted Yoda is, it could be many years before he this. Oh, right, right, okay. And then other questions. Um, is it can i can i interrupt and ask one or yeah. go back and forth yeah do you think like that they were sitting around the table and that one first like intern shouted okay like what's their out names grogu and they all laughed at him and then they like spitballed that for six hours maybe 12 and then somebody else was like okay let's go back to grogu <laughs> and that's what they named him and that poor intern's like that's what i said I, like, I mean, it, it's, it's not like, any better or I, worse. I, I, the other, yeah, creature, I want to hear your opinion. The other creature that was of Yoda's species was a female version that appears in a in a scene in, as a cameo in I think the Phantom Menace, maybe Attack of the Clones. I don't remember. And that one's name is Yaddle. And I think if they had done like another Y name, it would be a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. Like if it was Yudo or something like that. Right. Do I think Grogu is amazing? No, but I will say I really love the scene where Ahsoka Tano is reminding Mando to call him Grogu and is like, yeah. him, nope, call him by his name. And I think she, that was actually the moment that sold me on the name. It was Rosario Dawson. I understand. No, no issues with the name. I the think moment I... that sold me on, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The moment that sold me on the name is when Mando's just like, Grogu? So Grogu, <laughs> he's like great. trying out the name. He's like, okay, and then and Grogu is like, yeah, what's up? And he like keeps looking at him. He's like, so I guess that's your name. Um, I'm <laughs> like very, Grogu. very anxious at the thought that Grogu has been kidnapped because again, even though he this ha- is the third again, time he's been kidnapped, right? He like I feel like I feel like this started. baby Yoda. Um, sorry, not baby Grogu. At, and and Ahsoka Tano brings this up that he has a lot of fear in him that he has like a lot of trauma he's yeah, had a lot of really horrible and things he's been happen to tortured him. he was experimented right. on and now he's essentially being tortured again because um Moff Gideon is essentially like forcing him is like getting him to use the dark side of the force um and to hurt people and so 
I feel like he's such a tiny little baby. He can't even speak. He's just all these emotions. And it like makes my heart hurt to think that these bad things are happening to him. And I'm having a very hard time Is there a question in coping here? with that. No, I just wanted to put that out there well, as we so discuss. Let me, let me put something out here. One of the things Star Wars has done especially well in the Clone Wars and extremely clunkily in The Last Jedi is uh, with by Ryan Johnson, who hates Star Wars, is that... <laughs> The Jedi Order before Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Order that collapsed with Anakin turning to the dark side and killing the Jedi was had become overzealous and strayed from its what what was you know how sometimes a religion can be caught up in the rules and not caught up with the essence of what makes it right. Mm-hmm. And part of the part one of the things that i find most questionable about the jedi and that i think we we find questionable about the jedi because this is ultimately what happened with anakin is that the jedi in order to train those younger jedi took them as babies because they so they would never have attachments to their original family because attachments and, to their and, original and family right. were viewed as They're weakness. like monks, like baby monks. Exactly. We're, we're, were viewed as weakness and was used as a liability. And when they take Anakin, when, when Qui-Gon Jinn goes to take Anakin and brings him to Obi-Wan, there's a lot of resistance that he's too old, right? And, and with Luke, there's a lot of resistance that he's too old. But I think one of the things that Star Wars proves, although they never explicitly say it, which I, I also like that they don't ever... But Luke's attachments are what redeemed Darth Vader. Darth Vader's attachments are what redeemed Darth Vader. Rey and Ben Solo's attachments are what vanquished mm-hmm. the Emperor. And to me, the Jedi basically didn't couldn't figure out how to channel attachments. Exactly. The solution was right. like kidnapping babies, basically, right? Like they're these are right. you know child instead of leaning into level. it and trying to develop it or help it, them, they it, didn't have the it, tools to do it, so exactly. they just ignored it. And and I guess they tried to do it with Anakin, but they were always fighting Anakin having attachments, right? Like he had to be undercover in his relationship with Padme, right? That is part mm-hmm. of how he was able to be manipulated. To me, one of the all of those things were failings of the Jedi Order. And that's where, again, delivered horribly in The Last Jedi. But the idea that Luke could be disillusioned with the Jedi Order and that he had to let go of the texts, that part, that whole conversation with Yoda, absolutely is what's going on. And I think with, with baby Yoda, the, the question of taking these children away from their parents and taking them away from their attachments, this is like the big question here about, is that the only way people can be a Jedi? That's been the struggle from the original Star Wars through the sequels. Um, I have a question. question. Do we think now that Grogu survived, that it's possible that there are others, perhaps many others, survivors that have been hidden in secrecy? And so, for example, at the end of last jedi when you see the kid using the force maybe it's you know again it's not some like random use of the force but there have been survivors and their like lines have gone on well the let's forget broom boy because i basically never want to see that ever again <laughs> but i'm just saying like we couldn't get some legitimacy that broom everybody boy has the force i'm saying like, not everybody has the force but like maybe it's not just grogu that survived maybe there's like 
maybe they're really five survivors. Sure, and I mean, they kept a secret the to protect them that way, but but, but know, like they Ryan kept Johnson it a secret never... to protect them. I, that that is so that they they've already established that there are either force users like Maz Kanata, the Lupita's mm-hmm, character, mm-hmm. or former Jedi in Ahsoka Tano. Because uh, she is not a Jedi, they, they don't really spell yes. it out 100%. But she is not a Jedi. She left the Jedi Order. That's one of the best stories in all of Star Wars is her leaving the Jedi Order, and and it also builds Anakin's turn to Darth Vader even better than what they do in the movies, and which is the brilliance of Filoni, by the way, uh, Dave Filoni and his ability to tell this story over time. The, so there are you're talking about the Clone Wars. Yeah, during the the Clone Clone Wars Wars. cartoon, during the Clone Wars cartoon, they tell the story of her leaving the Jedi Order. And and so you you have there are a number of Jedi or former Jedi who who survived that purge and they've allowed it to allowed it to like there to be some look, it's a huge galaxy, right? Luke, the the, and that also you're a lot you can have that as long as you can accept the fact that the Skywalkers really are special, meaning like there's tons of Jedi. Are tons right. of Jedi the ones that are can take out the Emperor? No. No. But yeah, so there a bunch of them hung around, a bunch got killed later. There's you know stories of Darth Vader. Can I ask a question? Is the the thing on the singing rock with the like space force thing that he's shooting up to the sky, is that made reference to anywhere else or do they just make that up for this episode? Uh, no, but the, the idea of force strong sites is very well established and so 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 we assume that he sent out a beacon before he's kidnapped like mando's not yeah. going to fight him alone obviously yeah. so and there are theories fight, as fight to, for him i mean and there and there are theories as to who the jedi that he right because she said like jedi a jedi will hear you and decide whether or not to come to find come. you so like now we know his like force is out there and they'll know okay next question wait do you, do, do you want to know that the different theories of who the jedis can be Sure, sure. Because at this point, yeah, yeah. at this point, Luke is the only one. Well, mom is really, mom is like, mom has said two things while I watch this with her. One is, I really hope that Mando meets up with those other Mandalorians, becomes unorthodox, and takes that mask off. That's all she keeps saying. (laughs) It's all I want is that mask to come off. And then she's like, there's plenty of time for Luke Skywalker to show up. That's all she keeps saying. Well, I mean, they're talking about now Sebastian Stan playing young Mark Hamill. And if Mark Hamill, because Mark Hamill has been joking about it forever that Sebastian, like, like he's. Looks like him. Because Mark Hamill is the best. Mark Hamill, of course, has completely embraced fan cheers that sebastian stan looks like young mark hamill and so the the idea that the idea that a young mark i I would i love mark hamill and i would like to see an old luke jedi stories that would be awesome um that also remove or or at least retcon a lot of the stupid later canon but but Sebastian Stan to me, who I think is wonderful as bucky if mark hamill blessed him that's someone like the way you and mcgregor is a perfect young mm-hmm. it would be awesome to have that but no the other theory that i saw is we've never seen mace windu's dead body you never saw samuel l jackson's character dead in you see him fly out the window and he has many times said mace windu can't be dead like he's a badass right like and so maybe it's mace windu you know maybe an old very injured mace windu trains him or maybe they just throw in some other one although there are enough jedi that they've shown over the years that you really pretty amazing if they bring luke back uh, storyline well 
Ugh, Which I, want, brings, I want Luke so bad in this story. But wait, but wouldn't it, isn't Stan too young? Because isn't this right before Force Awakens? No, no, no. No, this, this is, is right, right after, after Return, of Return of the Jedi. This is, this is like, like five years later. Yeah, this is a few years after. So Luke is almost the same age as when he beats the Emperor. Okay. All right. So not old enough, close to, close. I thought you said it was 16 years before Force Awakens. Something like that. Yeah. So like five years after Return of the Jedi. It's like right around the time Ben Solo and Rey would have been born, like or right before when they were born or something like that. Okay. Um, And wait, my next question. Okay. Yoda, do we know anything about his species? If not, do you expect or want anything to be revealed about the species? Uh, We don't. I, I. Look, the best thing about the way these guys are doing this is that they are not overloading us with crazy amounts of retcon backstory. They drip it out slowly and like let it it's almost like it's like they let it like settle and age and get moved a little bit like it's very incremental like they're so they're so Favreau, but everyone's talking about Favreau, and I love Favreau as a producer because you need a mega producer. But David Filoni has been doing this. Yeah, I think. Forever, I think yeah. Which is I like think they're both. I mean, I guess people, but I, aging and advancing. I think Filoni is very much also seen as the like. I think. I mean, maybe not because Favreau's more famous, but I think Filoni's clearly in a massive influence. Favreau is the this. cinematic guy, I think. In my mind, Favreau is yeah. that mega producer that can do no yeah. wrong in Disney's eyes. That is like the protection here, and he loves and and he and he's done such a good job. But I mean, like George Lucas himself picked Filoni, so yeah, Filoni and him they, I mean, they worked together. Filoni was the Filoni way back. Always should have been the person guiding the guiding the story this. at this point. Um, okay, wait, my question. You were very happy with Rosario Dawson, which I think was beautifully executed and makeup and the yeah, costuming so was well just done. stunning. The cinematography stunning. Um, I, I loved it. And I loved um, just the whole thing with the with the village that they were saving. And there was like a lot of like samurai, samurai. Kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, like so samurai good. stuff yeah. mixed in there. And the final battle between the two women at the end or alien woman and I guess human woman. I assume they're both women, and I thought that was beautiful. Boba Fett, on the other hand, I felt very all, my very anticlimactic. Boba Fett, Boba Fett, like like like. We found that anticlimactic. I felt like once he got his armor back on, and he was like, no, his no, his taking ass or taking names. I not, thought that not was his like, great arc in the episode. I just mean his introduction, and she's like, and then Boba Fett fixed my stomach, and like she names him. Well, no, Ooh, but what, I, I, if you're following, you know that guy's Boba Fett. Yeah, we've known that guy's Boba Fett from the first time he appeared at the end of the first or second episode. Right. If you're following, wait, two playing him for twenty years. Well, here's the thing: is that he played his father, and he played him. He voiced. They 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 went back and they redid the voice in the okay empire strikes back so when you watch empire strikes back now it has morrison's voice and not whatever the i forget the name of the american guy poor other guy okay number one number two the original i I will say like i I don't love when they go and do that but tomorrow morrison is so awesome and all the clones are based on tomorrow morrison so Uh, no i think he's i think he's very cool but here's the thing is that i so i guess it's not the same kind of reveal because you it's there's we've been told it's coming 
uh, very explicitly, but I don't understand why the um, Fennec is in it. They like, here's my question. Is it cheaper just to bring her back, which they clearly killed her in a previous episode, and you're just like, oh, she's back and has a no, robot no. stomach when now, she, and they found each she, other in the desert? When she dies at the end of that episode, they, some I need you to remind, I need you to remind me. I don't remember that episode, that but the whole point of that episode is at the end of that episode, a shadowy figure walks up to her. And now it's revealed that that shadowy figure that found her is Boba Fett, who's been stranded on Tatooine since escaping from the Scarlack, Sarlacc, however many years earlier. Right, which is when you think about it, not it's years earlier, but it's not that many years earlier. It's no, like a exactly. few years before. Actually, He's I'm been stuck sure there for it's... a few years without his without yeah. his armor. armor. So it hasn't been like but that long. But he knew Timothy Oliphant had it. He couldn't go to Tim go back to Timothy Oliphant and get it. I mean, I don't know about that part. That look, that, let's be clear. This what I love about this show and what they're doing is that it captures the spirit of Star Wars. And for the most part, it stays true to the characters and the story. But like, you never want to look too hard at the plot holes in any of this, right? Like, okay, that, okay, but that's if what he's I Boba appreciate. Fett and he's taking out like thirty stormtroopers by himself with a gaffy stick for the with what the sand right. people use. He right. could have easily be Timothy Oliphant's character. Right. Exactly. That that's impressive. you know, there's exactly. It's so funny because I go to mom. I was like, wow, that weapon's so cool. She's like, I think that's what sand people use. And I was like, geez, who are you? She's like this weird encyclopedia of Star Wars. Well, she um, had shy as a child, so. Yes. I have one more question, but I'll let Becky go first. No, I don't think I had a question. I was just saying I liked his return fight scene. I absolutely loved the shot of a close-up of his face with the ships exploding in the background. I thought that was like very a beautiful glamour shot for him in that episode. Um, I think I thought it was a fun once he had his armor back on I thought it was a very fun return and what I liked watching him fight with the sand people stick is that you're like oh he's a really good fighter so if he's that good without his armor imagine him with his armor and so it felt very earned I will say that my my big thing with Boba Fett is that I've always just found Boba Fett not Tamara Morrison but just Boba Fett as a character overhyped overappreciated he didn't really do much he just sort of stood around like the you know like clint eastwood kind of character i think it's i think it's the lore that he's this bounty hunter from these right. people and everybody well they're giving him something now by showing him be a cool fighter and he has his code and yeah. he's going to help find grogu like they're giving him ironically he's the one that like technically he's a bad guy well he that's the part captured that captured han solo yeah, that's the part that the bounty hunter He's I a know, bounty hunter. Like, and he about five minutes ago to us, he's a serious bad guy. Well, and he hates the Jedi because they beheaded his dad. Mace Windu beheaded his dad, which, by the way, would mm-hmm. make a great case for Mace Windu being in the show because they have it's a, like rival. a rival. They have yeah. a rivalry. So. But everyone they're gonna have to be, and they're going to have to be on the same team. Right. They're going to have to be on the same team. But like, I, I, I liked the way he came in at first and that he was angry and bad because I, I I don't want I really don't want Boba Fett to be if Boba Fett becomes a good guy and another anti-hero for us to follow like really what's the point of the Mandalorian then the Mandalorian was just like right like then then great so we got another oh, guy so you're saying he you're hoping like he's bad in the end I think you're, you're I think, saying he's I don't I think he that. needs to be bad but I think he needs to be like he's not someone that we are rooting for I just, yeah, I mean, we spend so many, I mean, I guess characters can change, but I don't know. Like, 
he he wasn't so honorable in in Empire Strikes Back. He's like, give me my money and I'll give you the guy. And he's you know happy to alter the deal. I, I don't know. Anyways, so there so there's that now. But but overall, Tamar Morrison is so good. And the way they put it in the context of him escaping and kind of living in the desert all these years, like what would it be like for him five years after Return of the Jedi being stranded on the planet? But if he was stranded on the planet, why was his ship Slave One in basically perfect condition? So like, and couldn't, and he knew exactly who had his armor. It was just some like marshal who got bought it off the Jawas. Right. So then he had to. It's not like so, a so notorious chase, fighter. And he had to chase Mando, <laughs> who is like a much more. A much more formidable, sophisticated, yeah. So, so that's a, a huge plot hole. There's a also, lot of questions. They absolutely wedged Boba Fett into this story because they're like, "All right, people want Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano, and we're putting them in this." We're putting okay, them. two questions, really fast, rapid fire. One is she coming back? She's getting her own show. Ooh. I'm, I mean, I'm sure she's getting her own show. They're crazy if they're not. The whole thing about her going after Grand Admiral Thrawn, by the way, that then goes back to the best story from the books, which David Filoni also used partially in the Rebels TV show, which is the uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who's the alien. He was the only uh, Grand Admiral of the Emperor's army that was an alien. And he and he lived in the outer rim in the in the parts unknown, which is where the emperor comes back from. So so what we're also seeing is the beginning of the first order, which is so they're doing what they did again with Clone Wars, which is they're taking these imperfect movies that told story over an hour and a half, and they're building this like amazing backstory that will then make those movies make a lot more sense and just give everything more depth. Okay, so, what does Dank Farrick mean? <laughs> it's like, gosh darn it, that's what I told my kids. I mean, that's what, how I read it. Okay, that's not something from the canon, right? I, I think that's a, maybe, but like that's that that might be deeper than like I know. I, I think one okay. of my other complaints though is, and, and Ali and I were watching this, is that Mando continues to be, who was saying it a couple of weeks ago that he, he got like dumber this season? We did. We all did. I mean, like how many, the first three episodes, you're so stupid. How many times does he stick his head in that force field before he decides he's going to protect Honestly. the child? Like, like that he's fight like, is going. Knock, the knock. Stormtroopers are coming, and he keeps sticking his head in and getting shot. Or, but I don't understand if he's like, if he thinks he needs to protect Groku. What I didn't get is it like, well, then why don't you just wait there in case a stormtrooper or somebody gets that close and then you're just there protect? Like, why would you walk away? Yeah, it There's was a lot so- that was a bit of that. I, I and where is his jetpack? Where is his jetpack? I, I thought that. Why does whole, he just not have his jetpack for him to I fly thought, back up there? I thought the whole design no, excuse me. of the kidnapping me. was messy. I thought explain, that was very messy. Explain this to me. Where is his jetpack? I think he has he it. I think here? he's just not gonna. He can't go after those like six Iron Man. No, guys. when they're like, we have to get to, we have to get back to him. No, he doesn't fly back up the mountain super fast to get there. He runs. Oh, he's up like running. <laughs> he's like running at like a nice yeah, brisk I, pace. Again, I, Robert Rodriguez. I, I, I don't know. 
I don't want to like crap oh, on it. I mean, that was fun. Robert Rodriguez doing that. The action was phenomenal. On the that. action, the was, action so was great. And I don't think this, what about like, the part where she just, like pushes fault. a rock and kills like twelve stormtroopers? But, like, but also, she takes off her helmet and throws it at someone. And I'm like, funny. I think you should keep the helmet on. There's literally lasers flying. I mean, Lady. It just it was like it, that was silly to me. It continued the stormtroopers. Although my kids, my kids, you know, they feel. I mean, remember the stormtroopers, and this is another missed opportunity in the in the in the in the sequel series, they brought up this great story with Finn about the stormtroopers yeah. as child right. soldiers. And then mm-hmm. it's right. dropped until they bring it back and they sort of wedge it into the rise of Skywalker. But there should have been, I mean, again, as I rewrite the last Jedi every day of my life, aside from not ruining <laughs> Luke Skywalker, they should have done a whole story about Finn and, and a stormtrooper rebellion. How amazing right. would that have been? Right. right? Exactly. And, and, and again, Jedi's taken as children, stormtroopers taken as children. There's there's so much parallel. A huge there. parallel. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. I, I would say my 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 overall thing that makes that 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 overall I'm really pleased with what this is. Star Wars has never been perfect, but Star Wars at its best when it's star wars and this feels like star wars Allie likes this more than any of the other star wars that i've made her watch other than the originals it and 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 what they're doing a great job with the feeling the music the force the midichlorians like that's what filoni's brilliant at is he takes even the dumb things from the prequels and he makes them better right all of these things are now are now enriched as opposed to and i will you know again people are never they're just gonna have to deal with it as opposed to ryan johnson saying everything you thought was wrong all the characters you liked suck and that is not what this is doing it's like very earned even if you've got to watch a few uh a few frog eggs get eaten along the way it's it's pretty good and oliphant as a sheriff in in the galaxy far away is still amazing Mm -hmm. and i know Cobb vanth is a little bit out of place but I totally loved it. All right. Mm-hmm. Let us move on and speak about what we have been watching. Uh, Rex and shout outs. Lily, what do you got for us? Um, what do I got? Um, I'm going to sh- you make you guys oh, wait, feel bad. Sorry, before, right? we, before we go on, oh. I just also want to say I have no idea that last scene in the, fir- in the last episode where Mando is with Cara Dune again, uh, Gina Carano. Oh, right. That's right. That's what I had in the about notes. being a marshal. I was that like, makes, is this a flashback? Like, what's that's happening like found here? footage from like they episode? didn't have enough money. <laughs> I was like, there was an entire episode where she's clearly the marsh, the new marshal of the town and living there and working there. They have like, it's mentioned. They have seen each other before and he shows up and he's like, hey. I guess you're a marshal now. I guess you're a marshal now. She's like, I have to abide by the law. I was like, that was a hundred percent a deleted scene that they <laughs> and just, just reused over his like whatever he said. Yeah, was- right. He could say anything and can't see his face. Yeah, that was bizarre. Um, and I wonder what like the nerds out there are saying because you know I'll, I'll do some research on that. Sorry. Now, yeah, Lily, let me know. what have you been watching? Um, I'm going to uh, sibling shame both of you for not watching Queen's Gambit yet. Like, are you on a pop culture podcast or not? It's just, I, Al, it's a, I'll take you, you through my daily Allie. schedule in a minute. Okay? A sexy chess show is right up Allie's alley. Just saying. And we've got to work our way Allie's to it. Allie's alley. Yeah. So, um, but then honestly, it's been less no, a slow news week here. I am treading water. So I have not uh, been able to catch up on very much except. What's mom um, watching? Um, 
Oh, we, mom is one. Okay. So I have been watching through mom. So like, while I'm in the kitchen and she's in the living room. I have been watching mom watch Virgin River on Netflix. Can you Virgin imagine? Virgin that does not still. sound safe. It, Becky, the second season came out. <laughs> what is it? Is it like Outer Banks? She's still a virgin? Like a, still living on the river? It's like... A, fish out of water. Movies. It's a fish out yeah, of water. fish show. out of water with a little bit more depressing aspect to it. It's not so much a comedy as like a This Is Us in a Northern California town kind of situation. Um, but mom's knees deep in that. And then uh, mom watched The Alienist, which is so dark. It's too dark for me. Like even I gave up on it. It's seriously dark. But if people really like forensic y serial killer crime stuff, but from the turn of the century, so it's like when it was all Jack the, 19- the Ripper. And, but in New York. So Jack Ripper's London. Oh, well, if it's not this gonna be like, British, I'm less interested. But but I feel like if but it's Daniel Brühl and the Ooh, other main character we like him. Wait, you're telling me yeah. a dark forensic Daniel Brühl turn of the century mystery is too dark? And not interesting. Yeah. That sounds amazing. No, I mean, mom like watched two seasons in a week. She just ate it up, but it's it's some serious like gothicy kind of stuff. Um, so that's what that's what she's been watching. Oh, and then we both started. Yeah, he is fantastic. Mom and I both started Godmothered on Disney because I feel like that's more my speed. Oh, we're right we're now. gonna watch that with the kids probably tonight. <laughs> that looks great. I'm very excited about that. Jillian. Well, that's what I got. Jillian Bell is that right? The one who is Brittany runs a marathon. She's amazing. Yeah, right. I think it's Jillian Bell and, and Isla Fisher. And she's the bad guy in Twenty Two Jump Street or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, she's very. Yeah, she's nice. fantastic. Um, oh. and she's adorable. So. All right, Becky. That. What are you watching? So I'm still enjoying my up to two episodes of Friday Night Dinner a night because I'm so far I love that you. show so much. Every episode makes me laugh harder. Like however hard I laughed in one episode, it gets more cackly and extreme the, the following one. It builds. Of that show is that you they drop you into that first episode and you don't really realize that first episode is actually like the middle in the sense that it's right. like the middle of it like all of the jokes that you're like, why is, am I supposed to find this funny? Right. They're just like, they're counting on the fact that in their mind, this has been going on this Friday night dinner for so long. So it's right. hilarious. None, none of the bits are new. None of the bits are new. They're just new to us. And yes. what I find the way that it builds is females. that the, yes, females from crumble crumble. It's crumble, so crumble. good. Mom and I watched um, in a row, like four episodes the other day. Is that, so what happens is that the relationships between like the dynamics between the two brothers, between the brothers and the father, the brothers and the mother, they, as you get to know their characters better, it's not even that the relationships build. These relationships are there and deep, deeply well established, but you're just getting more and more in on the joke. So I love it whenever like the brothers team up against the dad or they're where it's an episode where they're pitted against each other. I, it, it's just so, so funny. And the more you watch, the funnier it gets because you're you're getting in even deeper on their family jokes. So I'm still loving that. Um, I tried watching, I think it's from last year, actually, the Christmas movie Noel with Anna Kendrick and um, Bill Hader. Oh, 
Oh, I tried. That's like a bridge even too far for me. And I love both. Because here's the thing. I love both of them so much. So I'm thinking, even if it's a schlocky Christmas movie, they're both so funny. And I feel like there's so much schlock in this movie. There's no room for either of them to be funny. And after about 35 minutes, I gave up. I was like, I am trying so hard to find the light in this tunnel of Christmas goo. But Is it, it a was, Netflix it was, movie? No, it's Disney. It was... I mean, I, well, I, mean, I Disney's not trying maybe too the, hard with its made. Maybe the second movie. half will get better, but I it's you, so far. You know what's like on so my ways. on my roster, and I'll report back is the one that Amelia Clark did with the oh, Crazy I Rich heard Asians that's guy. Really good, I heard that's supposed. But to be I couldn't really find good. it anywhere. What's I it couldn't called? find it on a platform. I'm, Last I'm sure Christmas, which like is a terrible name for a movie. Christmas tomorrow. No, it's called Last Christmas, and I think that's a terrible movie. Oh, I want to watch that. That's a. I know. If you can find out where it's streaming, let me know, please. I'll listen to your. If you're listening to this podcast, find this generic movie for Lily. By the way, I saw the ad for that movie. It looked terrible. I didn't no, like I heard okay, it. but if we're talking about the schlocky Christmas movies, oh, and we all watched Holly- the Holiday, directed by Paul, Shire, you're going to be good. Was the Holiday? Oh, that was the diarrhea one. Emma Roberts. That was that one was that 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 scene was worth that whole movie. So, <laughs> all right. So those are our standards, people. So I'm still <laughs> digging Truth Seekers uh, on Amazon. It's getting actually pretty good reviews. Again, you have to be into the like spooky comedy Shaun of the Dead style thing with Nick Frost and and Simon Pegg that kind of thing but I, I'm digging it but I would say in our group that is the like I'm the audience for that maybe Lily would like it Big Sky mm-hmm. this show that was on Montana that 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 that, that been a what lot of hype on thoughts? ABC what are your thoughts? Allie's digging it I have only stayed awake for one and a half episodes and uh, but it seemed like it was getting a little bit culty in the second or third episode. So the, like so far, there isn't a, the only character I'm interested in seems to be the bad guy. And the rest of the characters are pretty bland. But as the story is unfolding, it seems that there also might be some like weird evil cult thing, kind of like in that that second season of The Sinner, Lil, maybe. And, mm-hmm. and and that mm-hmm. if it goes in that direction, I'll be paying attention. Uh, but so far, like it seems like it's another it's not Pacific Northwest, but it's it's West. Um, it seems that this is filling the void that Stumptown was. And Stumptown was like a more charming show. Like it's just like, oh, we're in the, the West and it's rustic looking and there's a small town and a big town. And I, I would have rather seen more Stumptown. But the biggest gem moment, because you know me, I'm like always paying attention to what stuff from the 90s, like I never got around to sound seeing, was last night, Allie and I were just going through the movie collection, seeing what we had, and a movie called Pacific Heights, starring Matthew Modine, Melanie Griffith, and Michael Keaton. I don't know why, I don't, I've never heard of this movie. I remember when it came out because I remember the commercials. Those commercials were always really creepy. Michael Keaton, as well as a bi- a small part by Mako, who is the voice of Uncle Iroh. So right that was pretty awesome. And it is set in, it's a 1990s San Francisco real estate rental thriller. Kind of. <laughs> rental thriller. Kind of. Is, along, that, a, is that a, a genre? Kind of along the lines of those movies like Unlawful Entry, 
and okay you know where like where like whatever is yeah. going on is like is like the bad guy is using the law that protects people who should be protected but to protect them like i feel like on one hand the movie has some really uh, like ham-handed but uh, ahead of its time messages for example the main character matthew modine and melanie griffith are very suspicious of this black man who wants to apply to be their renter and they make him take a they make him fill out an application and a credit rating thinking that um uh and and the matthew modine character you know is said all oh, these minorities they try to make you think discrimination and not give a credit check and so they don't take that guy but then the Michael Keaton character comes in flashing thousands of dollars around and essentially scams his way into being their tenant. Like his entire like scam is not hundred percent clear, but it's essentially he moves in, uses the eviction laws in his favor to basically make you look crazy until you have to leave the house and give it over to him. And then he sells it and stays rich. Um, but uh, so again, like when you think about Sounds this, lovely. when you think about this, but it's told in the like in that 90s thriller, I think of movies like Deceived, right? Like they were shattered, right? Like it's just shown in the 90s thriller, low but high stakes kind of way as he continues to drive Matthew Modine's character crazy. And Melanie Griffith kind of saves the day. So she's awesome in it. And then, um, and then, of course, the character that they discriminated against at the beginning, the black guy, turns out to be the policeman whose help they need later in the movie. And he's like, ah, bet you wish you'd rented to me. Which, again, like, <laughs> because of the way Matthew Modine, like, behaves at the beginning, we weren't really rooting for him anyway. We were like, ah, <laughs> like, who cares about this guy? <laughs> who cares about this guy? Um, and so... Um, I think that I think that, you know when you would like to take a step back and and talk about how you know this is a real thing. I mean, there are there are you know, many real stories that obviously that, that it hasn't happened to me because of the privilege that I enjoy and we enjoy, but where I know people because of the color of their skin, they've gotten a different mortgage rate than than when someone doesn't know their color of their skin, and that's really horrific. And I think this movie does speak to that, which I and again totally ham-handed 90s kind of way um and it's but it's also fun to see michael keaton as this like devious crazy well, i think we've learned a lesson here more michael keaton more michael keaton for right? sure and always, let's, always i'll take him michael as a good keaton. guy i'll take him as a bad guy like keaton is just fan freaking tastic there's also some beverly d'angelo in this movie that makes no sense like this uh. is a movie that's 90 minutes long where they definitely cut out parts of the story, but you're okay with it because you're like, Ugh, what more could I have really needed to know? Like, I get the gist of what was happening here. And uh, Allie, though, found it terrifying. Like, I was laughing throughout this movie because one of the things that Michael Keaton's character does in this movie is infest the the land uh, the the landlord's like a building with cockroaches. <laughs> And Allie's oh, terrified of cockroaches, and there are a That's lot disgusting. of cockroach scenes. So Pacific Heights, I, I, it should be on how did this get made. With that, Becky, where can people follow you? Follow me on Twitter at Paper BK Princess. Also, check out my review of our podcast. <laughs> Buy at Paper get BK in, Princess. Get inspired. Review yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to read my published works? 
<laughs> Lily Rickerman's by at Paper BK Princess. Chichi C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. And you could read one of my published works, but I reviewed so long ago. I hope there's too many reviews so that you can't find it even. I texted you guys my review, by the way. I saw it. I, saw it. Okay, <laughs> I would so like now, my stickers, please. I'll, I'll, you know I love mailing things to your house, Becky. <laughs> the jankier the box, the better. Just yeah. throw like some mismatched old kid shoes in there <laughs> while you're at it. Just so, send me half the pairs. You know, <laughs> want, I don't want both. I don't want the right and left foot. Just just one of them. And you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table. That's Pancake for a table on Twitter and Instagram. Follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday Night You can get one of these stickers, these amazing vinyl, high quality Friday Night Movie stickers. Actually, you can get more than one because we've got a few different types. If you review us on your favorite podcast platform, take a screenshot and share it with us. If you already reviewed us, that's totally fine. Get someone else you know that you're quarantining with to use their account and give us a review. We'll send both of you stickers. Just till you'll have so many stickers, you won't you won't have enough laptops to stick them on. They're perfect for sticking on the back of your laptop. Also, on a more serious note, our family is supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative. These are extremely important organizations. Again, the election might be over, but protecting people's rights, particularly voting rights in the case of the NAACP, uh, it are really, really, really important. And so please check out those organizations, see if you can find um, a program that they are working on that, that speaks to you and support them. And our theme song is by What Does It Eat? Of which you can hear all of their music on... Spotify and iTunes all plays for future music. And as the music kicks in, we dance our way out to the moon and say goodbye. I love you. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.